This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. Hey everyone, I'm Nikki Young and this is Serial Mapper, an international true crime podcast. Unless you've lived under a rock pretty much your entire life, you've probably heard about the Amber Alert system. But do you know the unsolved case behind the Amber Alerts and the little girl who inspired it all? On January 13, 1996, nine-year-old Amber Hagerman went on a bike ride with her five-year-old brother, Ricky. Just eight minutes later, Amber was abducted, and almost 25 years later, Amber's abduction and murder is still unsolved, but police have recently announced that they may have new updates coming later this year using newly developed DNA technology. Tonight, we're going to talk about Amber and her family, what happened to Amber, and how the Amber Alert has saved hundreds of children and the latest updates to the case in 2021. Before we jump in, tonight's episode is sponsored by the podcast Off the Muda Scale, a weekly entertainment and comedy series about wrestling and the wrestling shows you love. The panel of hosts cover weekly WWE and AEW wrestling events, as well as big PPVS while keeping you properly entertained. Whether you're a fan of wrestling or love a wrestling fan, you'll find laughs and wrestling news by listening to Off the Muda Scale. After you're done listening to tonight's show, trust me when I say you're going to need a little bit of a palate cleanser. So... Head on over to whatever you listen to your podcasts on and check out Off the Mood of Scale, hosted by three guys who offer a unique and hilarious perspective on wrestling events. That's Off the Mood of Scale. Go check it out. All right, let's jump in. I cover a lot of difficult and tragic cases, but for some reason, Amber's story really struck a nerve with me and left me in tears while I was doing some of the research. Once you're done listening to tonight's episode, I encourage you to go to YouTube and watch the documentary called After Amber. It has footage from before Amber's abduction, and it shows the struggles and triumphs that the family experienced before this tragedy, as well as how Amber's murder has affected her family and whole community directly after. It'll help you to really get a sense of who this beautiful little girl was and why she was so special. 
Make sure you bring tissues because it makes Amber's loss of life just that much more painful. Amber Renee Hegerman was born on November 25th, 1986, the same year that I was born, which means that she would be 35 years old today. This might be another reason why Amber's story hit me so hard. Watching her home videos, the videos of her as a child, it just reminded me so much of my early childhood and the innocence I remember of those days. Amber was born to her mother, Donna Whitson, who was only 19 years old when she had her, and her father, Richard Hagerman, who was in his 30s when she was born. Uh, I'm going to try my best not to judge here because all of the focus should really be on what happened to Amber. Donna felt like Amber was her miracle baby because she had suffered from a medical condition that left her paralyzed at a point in her life. Ten years after the birth of Amber, Donna would give birth to a son named Ricky. Amber and Ricky, well, they were raised in Arlington, a large town in Texas, which is sandwiched between Dallas and Fort Worth. It was considered pretty much a safe suburban area with lots of people working at the GM factory. Early life for Amber and her brother Ricky was really difficult. Their parents, Donna and Richard, didn't end up staying together. And actually, Donna claimed that she left Richard because it was an abusive relationship. She moved out of their home and into a woman's shelter for a time, and then finally into her own small apartment with both children, just two years before Amber went missing. Donna really struggled as a single mother. If you look online or watch the documentary I mentioned called After Amber, you'll be able to watch a ton of video footage of Amber and her family during these really difficult years because they participated in a TV show about families who were struggling to get off of welfare. This documentary, it states that by her own choice, Donna received no child support from Richard. I found this statement to be really confusing and, I don't know, I just didn't really understand it. Like, was she afraid of Richard? Is it possible to just not accept child support? Or maybe did he not want to pay and she just kind of accepted it is what it is? Like, I'm not really sure, but she struggled on welfare. We do know that Donna was determined to make a better life for her and her children. She went back to school and she received the equivalent of a high school diploma and she was also participating in job training. And then in her spare time when she wasn't watching the kids or doing the job training, she volunteered at the welfare office. Honestly, Donna appeared to be just an incredible role model for her children, showing them that you can persevere even when times get really tough. And times, yeah, they were tough. Welfare doesn't pay a whole lot. Children are expensive. And like I said, she wasn't getting any child support. The family wore clothing that was donated from charity. And Donna drove around in what can only be described as a clunker that could and did break down at any time. But the car, I mean, it got the family where they needed to go, and that was enough for them. Despite the struggles of her mother, Amber really excelled in everything that she did. She was an honor roll student, and she absolutely loved school. In fact, she had perfect attendance and had received several certificates that she loved to show off. 
Her favorite class was writing. Girl, same. She was in the Girl Scouts, and she loved riding her bike, playing with her friends. She also loved the movie Pocahontas, which was definitely one of my favorites as a kid. Amber was incredibly close to both her mom and her little brother, Ricky. They really relied on each other to get through the tough times, and their tiny apartment was filled with so much love. On Amber's ninth birthday, her mother Donna splurged on a new outfit and Pocahontas sheets for Amber's bed, totaling $40, which might not be much to a lot of people, but it was a really big purchase for the family. Amber was absolutely thrilled to open her new sheets, which immediately went right on her bed. She was just so grateful and happy with everything that she had. On January 13th, 1996, Amber and her brother Ricky and their mom Donna were visiting their grandparents' house as they often did, Donna's parents' house. Amber and Ricky decided to take off on their bikes, just a quick ride around the block. They had bikes that they kept there that they would use to ride around whenever they would visit their grandparents. They were living in an apartment, so they kept their bikes at their grandparents' house and they would often ride their bikes around their grandparents' house when they were visiting. They were told specifically not to go any further than a block. But Amber, well, she wanted to go just a little bit further on this beautiful warm winter day. So she headed to an abandoned grocery store parking lot. It had a bike ramp and a lot of kids used to go there and jump off the ramp with their bikes. Now, Ricky was following on his bike not too far behind her, but he knew that they weren't supposed to go this far. So he told her like, I'm going to go home. I'll see you there. So he heads back to the house, leaving Amber to ride her bike on her own. It was just minutes later that Amber was abducted. She was pulled right off of her pink bicycle, which was now lying in the parking lot left behind. A witness named Jim Kevill, who lived near the parking lot, observed a man in a black pickup truck stop near Amber, get out, forcefully take Amber off her bike and stuff her into the cab of the truck. Amber was screaming and kicking as she was shoved into the truck and they quickly sped away. So Kevil immediately called police to report what he had witnessed. Meanwhile, little Ricky, well, he had made his way back to his grandparents' house without Amber in tow. When he got there, Amber's grandparents asked Ricky where she was and he said she was riding her bike still. So, They told him to go get her and tell her to come home. Ricky, well, he goes back to the parking lot only to find it empty. Amber wasn't there, but her bike was lying on the ground, seemingly abandoned. So he pedaled as fast as he could home and yelled, Sissy's gone. So Amber's grandfather, Jimmy Whitson, he hops in his truck and he speeds all the way to the parking lot to go look for Amber. Officers had already arrived on scene because of the 911 call they received from the neighbor. From the time Amber and Ricky had left their grandparents' home to ride bikes to the time that Jimmy, the grandfather, arrived to look for Amber, it was less than eight minutes that had gone by. Just eight minutes for a little girl to be taken by a stranger. 
Now, as a mother of two, this absolutely scares the shit out of me. We all try to be as diligent as we can, but we can't always be on guard. And sometimes we might be paying just a little bit less attention than usual. Eight minutes was all it took for this little girl to be gone. The only witness, Jim Kevill, was on scene speaking to police about what he saw. He described her attacker as white or Hispanic, around six feet tall, medium build, and between the ages of 25 and 40. He was driving a dark truck, maybe blue, but most likely black. It was a stock model. Jimmy, the grandfather, well, he went back home to let Donna and the rest of the family know what was going on. Amber was missing. She had been taken. As you can imagine, Donna was absolutely frantic. And I can't imagine that feeling. Sitting here, even reading this, I get this awful pit in my stomach. It's not a feeling that any mother should ever ever have to go through, not knowing where your baby is or what's happening to them. Local police and the FBI were now launching a nationwide search for Amber. More than 50 federal agents and area police officers joined in the search. Police believed the abductor's behavior had likely escalated, maybe because of a recent traumatic or upsetting event such as a divorce or layoff, and it was likely an abduction out of opportunity. But besides that one witness's description, they didn't have a whole lot to go off of. Still, the search was on, and it lasted four whole days. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. 
Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors no prep, no mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes? Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors fresh, never frozen meals that are also dietitian approved. No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle, and I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code napper50 at factormeals.com slash napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. On January 17th, in the late hours of the evening, a man walking his dog by the Forest Hills Apartments in Arlington spotted something unusual. He knew what it was right away. He had been watching the news, and as soon as he saw it, he knew what it was. Now, the building, the Forest Hills Apartment, it's only a few miles from the abduction site, and it's about 3.2 miles from the Whitson home, the grandparents' house. In a stream behind the building, the man found the naked and battered body of Amber Hegerman. She was partially submerged in a creek with water running over her. Police believed she had washed up there due to recent thunderstorms. It's possible that Amber was dumped slightly further upstream and she may have floated to where she was discovered. An autopsy later revealed that Amber had been kept alive for two days after being taken. She hadn't died until January 15th or possibly 16th. She had only been dead maybe 48 hours, and the 48 hours before that, she had been beaten and sexually assaulted before her throat was cut and her body was tossed into the creek. She was found nude except for one sock. Unfortunately, the water on her body had washed away almost all physical evidence. There were some fibers present on the body that were collected. We also believe there was other DNA that was collected from her body. However, the police department has been very tight-lipped about what exactly it is that they found, even still to this day. And we're going to talk about the recent press release that the police held towards the end of tonight's story. So we will talk about that. 
Amber's mother, Donna, she was devastated and she wanted to see her body before the autopsy. And she just said she wanted to hold her like a baby, like a mother holds her child. However, she was told that she couldn't because Amber's body was so badly injured and frail. So she just held on to her tiny hand. I listened to Donna say this and I just I cried like a little baby because no mother should ever have to experience this. Amber was laid to rest later in January 1996. An investigative task force was formed after Amber's body was discovered, and initially people were really hopeful that the perpetrator would be found quickly. And if you watch that documentary that I mentioned, you'll get to see a lot of this. There's a lot of video footage as the case progresses, and people are really hopeful. They think they're making progress. They're working hard to try to find out who did this. Unfortunately, this task force was disbanded in 1999 when the case went cold. Since Amber's disappearance, Arlington police have sifted through more than 8,000 leads, but still to this day, no one has been named an official suspect, and we still don't know what happened to Amber. Now, let's talk about the Amber Alert, literally the only little bit of good news in this story. After Amber's murder, both of her parents, including her father, Richard, and that's why I choose not to speak too badly about him, they became fierce child advocates. They spoke out at council meetings. They spoke at schools. They did everything that they could to try to protect children moving forward. Amber's parents, well, they founded People Against Sex Offenders, which called for the creation of stronger laws to protect children. And Amber's mother, Donna, she testified in front of Congress in June of 1996 as part of an effort to create a nationwide sex offender registry. At the time, Mark Klaus and Congressman Martin Frost, they drafted the Amber Hagerman Child Protection Act, which then President Bill Clinton signed into law, creating the first national sex offender registry. Like, that is huge. And if only we had access to something like that when Amber went missing. One of the biggest initiatives to come out of this, as you know, was the Amber Alert System. Think about it. Although Jim Kevill witnessed Amber's kidnapping and notified law enforcement pretty much right away, there wasn't any available coordinated notification system that would mobilize the public around a missing child. What if the Amber Alert system had been around back then? What if her captor could have been found before anything terrible happened to her? Now, this idea of the Amber Alert came about when a woman from Dallas named Diana Simone called a local radio station and she asked them, if you can send out warnings for severe weather on the radio, why can't you do the same for child abductions? She was positive that if people knew that a black truck was the vehicle Amber was in, someone probably would have spotted it. Amber was abducted in the middle of the afternoon. People would have been able to keep an eye out and actually watch for her. Now, this call to the radio station was what got the whole idea of the Amber Alert started, with Amber's parents pushing to make this happen. And by the early 2000s, every U.S. state and 20 other countries had implemented an Amber Alert system. 
Early versions were sent out via radio stations. Today, you'll get an alert up on your cell phone and social media accounts. According to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, over 900 children have been returned home due to Amber Alerts in the U.S. alone. And can I just take a second to say something that pisses me the hell off? When a child goes missing, I can almost guarantee that there's going to be some jackass who complains that they were, I don't know, bothered during the day or maybe woken up in the middle of the night from an Amber Alert. And to that, I want to just say, fuck off. If even one child is saved, if even one child is brought home, it's worth it. And I don't give a shit how inconvenienced you are. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk about theories before we get to the updates from a couple weeks ago. I think that we can assume that whoever abducted Amber probably did so as a matter of opportunity. I don't think that Amber knew the person who abducted her. Otherwise, they probably would have been able to get her to go with them willingly versus snatching her off her bike while she screamed. The suspect has always been described as white or Hispanic male in his 20s to 30s, under 6 feet tall with a medium build, brown or black hair. Over the last 25-ish years, several men have been investigated as possible suspects in this case. Some of them include Terrapon Adanan, Terrapon Adan, or William Reese. Terrapon Adnan, I don't know if I'm saying that right. He's a Thai convicted sex offender, and in May 2008, he was sentenced to life in prison for raping and murdering a 12-year-old girl named Zena Linick from Tacoma, Washington. So basically, I don't give a shit if I'm saying his name correctly. Sorry. When the police found Zena's body, Adnan's name and profile was submitted to Arlington Police in connection with Amber's murder and disappearance. Adhan's mother and brother lived near Fort Worth at the time of Amber's death, but there hasn't been any direct evidence that places him in that area during this time. William Reese is another name that's been thrown around. If you don't know who William Reese is, he's someone I would definitely like to do an upcoming case on. He's a Texas serial killer. Um, He's been looked at for this case. He killed and dumped women in the Texas killing fields. And he was also convicted of murdering 12-year-old Laura Smither. Her murder is very similar to Amber's. Laura was 12 years old. Uh, She was last seen leaving her home to go on a jog in Friendswood, Texas, which is outside of Houston. Laura, she never returned from her jog and she was reported missing. Her body was found several weeks later and like Amber, she was found in a pool of water, nude except one sock. Her throat was cut and she was dumped near a large freeway. But still, there hasn't been a direct link made between William Reese and Amber. As I mentioned, this is still an ongoing case. It's still open. And last week, it was 25 years to the day that Amber was taken. So police in Arlington hosted a press conference and they included some updated information. Authorities disclosed that for the first time, they have DNA evidence in the case. 
We don't know what kind of DNA evidence that they have, but I'm really glad that they collected it and they've stored it. It's really important that DNA was collected and stored as technology advances. Think about how many people have been convicted and those who are innocent and freed as a result of advancement and technology. They said that they're going to submit this DNA soon and they hope that it'll open some new doors to explore. I kind of wonder if they're going to do some DNA comparison with those genealogy genealogy databases. Even 25 years later, they're still keeping things very close to the chest. We don't know what kind of DNA it is, but they do say that it's DNA that only the killer will know. So they're kind of using that as a strategy. One of those things where it's, it's a detail that only the killer will know. Amber's mother, Donna, she also spoke at the news conference saying, To Amber's killer, I'm asking you today, please turn yourself in. Give Amber justice. Amber needs justice deeply. Police also released some never-before-seen photos, which include photos taken at the creek where Amber's body was found. They're hoping that someone might, I don't know, remember something and come forward. So I'll make sure that I post them over on my Facebook page for you to have a look at. A new dedicated tip line has also been established for information. Oak Farms Dairy continues to offer a $10,000 reward for new information leading to an arrest and indictment. So anyone, anyone with information about Amber's murder is asked to contact Detective Ben Lopez at 817-459-5373. Now, at the end of this episode... I want to play you a little audio clip from the documentary that I watched called After Amber. Guys, I highly encourage you to go watch the full thing. This is the part that really just broke my heart into a million pieces. And it makes me want to continue to push for answers for Amber, her family, her community. Amber's mother, Donna, she visits Amber's classroom a few months after her murder, and she speaks to her classmates. And at first, it's almost uncomfortable because, you know, children, they're curious. They're innocent. They ask questions where you're like, okay, I don't know if you should ask that. But, you know, you have to have a thoughtful approach. But watching this, you're just like, man, children are just so pure. You'll see what I mean. I'm going to play you the clip now. For Donna, this is a day for another agonizing first. The visit, she tells us, she has to make to Amber's classroom. Hi, guys. Right away, she sees Amber's empty desk. And in the back of the room, there's an Amber Museum, a memorial made by the third graders. It was all done in pink and hearts and things that she liked and just anything they could think of that made them feel good about Amber, we put back there. Then come the questions, painful and familiar. What time did she leave on her bike? At 3.10 Saturday afternoon, and she was abducted at 3.18. Just took eight minutes. It only takes seconds. So you got to stay close to home, okay? Did they leave Amber's bike there? Amber's grandfather went and picked her bikes up. She's gentle with the children, concerned about how they feel. Was there any fingerprints? Any fingerprints? No. The bad man took Amber right off her bicycle. 
He didn't touch Amber's bicycle. He just grabbed Amber. There were no fingerprints of any kind. Then, without prompting, the children try to make Donna feel better. I like your watch. Thank you. She's really pretty. Thank you. I always wanted to play with her. I'm just gonna leave you with that I'm guessing you probably have a lump in your throat like I do Um, I'm gonna be sharing any updates that we get in this case maybe maybe 2021 is the year that Amber finally gets justice this little girl she deserves justice What happened to her is every mother's worst nightmare, and it happened in a matter of eight minutes. This could have been any child. Let's do a quick little update on Amber's mother, Donna Whitson, who is now known as Donna Norris. She is married, and she continues to give speeches around the country on child safety and, of course, the Amber Alert system. She is working, cleaning houses. She's been married to her husband, Randy, for many years now, who actually writes her speeches for her. He works on oil rigs, but he's a really good writer so he he kind of helps donna to craft her speeches and donna said he never met amber but it's still hard for him he cries and he has to stop but he likes to help me and her her brother ricky who she was out riding bikes with that day isn't giving up hope either he went on to say i didn't quite understand what was going on i just knew my sister was taken from us She was my best friend, like a second mother. If you watch the documentary, he struggled a lot as a child with guilt. Um, So I just hope that he's doing well now. And I really do hope that we can bring this family some answers in 2021. (sighs) So that's it for tonight. I would like to once again thank our sponsor, Make sure you check out Off the Muda Scale, a weekly entertainment slash comedy series about wrestling shows available wherever you get your podcasts. I also have their link in my show notes so you can check that out. And if you want to watch that documentary that I mentioned, guys, please go watch the documentary. This is like one of the saddest stories I've ever heard. And I had no idea the story behind the Amber Alerts. But now every time I get an Amber Alert on my phone, I'm literally going to think about Amber Hangerman. So if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or you can check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper. If you're listening to me on YouTube, my username is Nikki Young, Serial Napper, all one word. Make sure you give this video a like and I don't know if you want, subscribe. If you don't mind, head on over on whatever app you're listening to and leave me a review. I always super appreciate your support. You guys know that. Until next time, don't be a Dahmer. Bye.